Got him. Hello, welcome to The Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm live on Twitch, as I am every Monday through to Friday, 11 till 2 p.m., or something about that, um, with the Twitch chat, a huge portion of the wargaming community. We're doing the Age of Sigmar event results from around the world, and we are going to be talking about one event, which Max Saul won with his Archeons list. This is all Age of Sigmar 3.3 lists and event results. This is all the new GHB, so it's really important information. But Max has just donated five gift subscriptions in the chat, having just won an event. That's the big That's the big play. In fact, that's the tax. If you win an event, you have to come into the chat and you have to buy five gift subscriptions. That's what you have to do now. It's going to be very expensive for some people. Uh, Gavin is going to be pretty broke. Um, but congratulations to Max on his first ever 5-0, or first tournament win. Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, please do like and subscribe, especially down there. Just like, come on, just hit those buttons. Uh, and if you listen to us a podcast, just stay hydrated. Drink loads of water, especially in these warm, warm times. Okay? Uh, Max is the triple threat. Um, <laughs> the chat, just talking about Max. <laughs> Max can paint, and it's beautiful. Yeah, He's gorgeous. One of the best-looking people you could meet. Uh, not that that, like, overly matters. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a nice addition. And and also went 5-0 with his tournament list. So, I mean, can you do better? I don't think you can. Maybe we should all be like Max. Yeah, he's also a gentle lover, it says in the chat. I did not know. Um, I did not know. Uh, so, no, this is Max Soul. I think I'm saying that right. Anyway, okay, before we get on with the event results and start looking at lists, I know, I know, I know, Rob, you promised us, I know, but we're going to have to look at this, okay? So, this is important. This is the player rankings for Season 2. These are our Season 2 updates. So, me, Ziggy, and Rob, more specifically Ziggy and Rob, but I was also there, uh, had a long chat the other day, three hours, three hours. So, understand that this isn't just arbitrary. I had to have a conversation about numbers for three whole hours, okay? ADHD, off the chain, yeah? Off the chain. My leg was shaking. I, I, I probably should get this wired up. I could probably produce electricity. Um, anyway, yeah, three hours, right? There's a PDF link as well, which I'll include in the show notes for everyone. Thanks, Iggy, in the chat, right? But here is the kind of outlining of the rules for the TSN rankings. If you don't know what the TSN rankings are, basically if you attend a five-round, uh, five two-day tournament, we take your event results and we put them into the TSN stats. This helps us work out like which army is doing best, let's say Nighthorn. Yeah, how many of each army there are? Are there lots of Sons of Behemoth or are there something else? And also, most importantly, who the fuck is doing well? Yeah, which is fun. Right, really, really fun. And then at the end of the year, we say these people are the best in faction, um, uh, like whoever that might be, uh, with people racing to be the best in faction. And also, we talk about uh, we invite the top sixteen from the world over to the arena here in Nottingham to play in our top sixteen format, like we just had, and was won by our current reigning world champion Ronja Anderson from Sweden, who used Nighthorn. Okay, so let's just talk about some of the updates really quickly because they're, they're definitely worth talking about. Uh, so when will season run uh, to run from and to? It basically starts now and it'll end next year. Now, I know that we have six month GHBs, but we made the decision to run it over a year. Six months is too fast. Like, 
no one cares like in six month period so we're just going to do it over the course of a year it's much easier and it's fine will the team event results be collected in season two yes the tsn stat center will team will be possible we'll be collecting results from team events this season they'll be used to produce separate player performance table but they will not be used in the main singles event information there's a bunch of reasons as to why i'll quickly go through them but most importantly you can get put into matchups which are perceived to be easier for you and because of the ability to generate a matchup that isn't perceived as being a fair and balanced way like everyone else just has to run the risk of a randomized matchup in swiss pairings in a two-round event um so it's not being included in individual stats but is having its own team stats so like sure uh will club group rankings be included in season two yes now this is the big news this is the big news ladies and gentlemen you can register officially as a team or a club yeah right and we will have the best team or club award at the end of the year now traditionally clubs are like kind of like a local thing that you do um but you are only going to be allowed to join as a club for the whole year so once you've committed to a team once you've committed to a club yeah and there will be an award for the best team logo me and warhammer rob will be putting 10 pounds each for a trophy so that's gonna be 20 pound trophy for the best team logo so uh, i hope it goes uh, so that's going to be it. Uh, so it's just uh, one one dayers will not be included. One dayers are not included because anyone can win a one dayer. Like you can just it's, 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 you just play like two new kids and like their dad in the third round and it's easy. Um, uh, there will not be a best dressed club. <laughs> there will not be. Uh, we're not all doing. We're not doing best dressed. We're not all going to see Rise of Gru. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not wearing our three pieces to go see Rise of Gru and play Warhammer in. Um, uh, right, what type of events will count towards the TSM player rankings for a thingy? And then there's a bunch of, like, event types, right? Specifically because we got lots of questions last year about comped events. Because some comped events change stuff, some don't. Some of it is based on the variants. But effectively, we're going to have... There's a little tick list there which has been produced, which is really lovely. And then have there are there changes to the event tier and point scoring system? There is. There is some slight changes to the events uh scoring system for season two so i'll quickly talk about it when you win a game at a tournament it counts as 20 points your top six performances so your top six tournament results put you up so if you play 12 events it's still your top six i hear you cry but that means rob if i go to more events i'm likely to do better in the rankings that's correct because i think that we should only be talking about people who attend events a lot and my reason for that is is they help support the event economy they help support local gaming stores so that they can be shops and hubs so new people can find wargaming. They help uh, buy tickets, which helps people produce better terrain and mats and boards. And dare I say, and maybe even posit and hope for, a small amount of pay for the people organising the event as well. How dare they? How fucking dare they? At least get themselves a cheeky chip buddy at the end of the evening. Maybe. Right? So more tournaments that you attend yeah is good but it's still only the top six i actually argued for eight so i want you to know that i was voted down okay uh but rob that means if i attend more events i'll be higher ranked correct but it's only the top six so so it's only the top six so if you do terrible in all six then someone who does really well in four will still be better than you right Okay, a chip butty. It's not actually capitalism. It's actually uh, so capitalism is uh, is not is shareholder. Uh, I'm actually positing stakeholder. So you as a community buy more stakeholder tickets. Actually, one of the reasons that I really don't think big events should be something that you necessarily attend because you like most of the, your ticket money will go on venue highlight. I know 
let's just say that there's like eight thousand pounds raised in ticket money right and four thousand has to go on the venue i'm like why why not just split that up into four events which support local gaming stores stakeholder uh stakeholder pay by the way that's how that works right um and then you help support those economies which produce the, the the thing that you love anyway i went for eight i got voted down we have three people in our uh, group so i got voted down two to one how i have you know so ziggy and rob are on your team this rob wants you to attend 20 events a year okay so fuck you um anyway uh if you have now we change the tiers a little bit this is super important right this is super important we change the tiers so that it used to be 64 players or more was our largest event so you win an event 20 points. Uh, no, sorry, you win a game, 20 points. So at an event with five rounds, 100 points available. There used to be another 50 points available if you attended a 60-man event, right? So you used to get, uh, sorry, 64-plus man event. So for um, getting a win at a 64-plus man event, it used to be 10 points. We've actually dropped that down to 50 because, and again, and some really good conversations uh rob how many did i attend or how many did i run because the numbers in the dozens i'll have you know so how dare you um uh so 50 plus uh, and it's like we actually dropped it down and there's some really good there's some really good reasons as to why but effectively what it means is that we don't really see there being any skill difference between a 50 person event and a 200 person event in fact actually if you actually push hold a gun to our heads i would argue that it's actually easier to do really well at a 200-person event versus a 50-person event. Uh, and then we also drop down uh, the next category, which is 24 to 49 players will award you eight points. Okay, so you're like more mid-tier. And that's because I think it was 60%, might have been 70%, yeah? Uh, between 70, uh, 60, six, let's say 60%, 60% of all of the tournaments were at that size. Okay, so what we're trying to do is say, okay, we recognize that that's the main player base, 24 to 49 players as a tournament. So that's eight points. But we want to encourage events to try to be larger, yeah, in encourage events to try to be to be bigger or grow local communities. If you regularly have 45 people in your local community, go out and recruit 10 new people. Yeah, and then you'll end up with 50, uh, 50 right? Um, uh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, good. Okay, so we're happy with that. We're happy with that? We're happy with that. Okay, so we've checked some small changes. Uh, less than 16 players and your event will count for zero. Uh, so your win will count. So you can go to a 16-person event. You get five wins. Uh, no, sorry, less than 16. You go to a 12-man event and you get f uh, you can get five wins. And that will be 100 points, which is cool, but you get no bonus points. Okay, no bonus points. Whereas a win at a 50-person event will get you half as many points again just for winning versus something lower than 16 so uh that seems fair uh yeah and there were also i think there were like 12 events that were less than less than 16 last year so that doesn't really matter anyway okay that's the tsm player rankings i hope you guys uh, you people sorry uh really enjoy um uh really enjoy this season you can track all of these on the honestwargamer.com and you can go onto the stats tab on there and that's where you'll be able to find all of that hot information about how you're doing and how you're performing at the event good uh 
Um, we had a uh, hello, Pedro Fantastico. Thanks for subscribing. Hungry Matador says, "Cool. Make sure to spread the word about the encouragement for larger events. We had a fair few event shrinkage in West Mount State." Says Hungry Matador. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that, but there you go. There's a reason to push it up. All sounds well thought out and considerate. I was never fond of people farming small club tournaments for easy underworld trophies, faces and bases. Yes, there. Yeah, that seems it seems a little silly uh, to award people in the little local meta being able to get a ton of points. Um, uh, good. Okay, everyone seems happy with that. Hello, Wraith. Hope you're well. Yes, Ray. Ray, 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 Ray. Uh, most TOs have a chip booty. Can you get stop it? Uh, can we talk about air conditioning in the venues? I mean, for no other reason, right? <laughs> for no other reason, right? We should encourage people to go to the local gaming store so those people can buy uh, air conditioning. That would be the best. Right, okay, let's start talking about some events, okay? So this is the South Coast Series in July, okay? So um, the South Coast Series, so it's just the south of England. Uh, Rambo Squirrel, thanks for resubscribing. Uh, Pedro Fantastico, I'm actually sorting that out today uh, to answer your question. Thanks for resubscribing. Uh, okay, so South Coast Series in July. So this is the very first event results from Age of Sigmar 3.3. Yeah, so all of the new goss, okay, which armies did well, which armies didn't do well, um, interesting, am I going to just keep reading out Marathi and the Bow Snakes, am I going to keep reading out uh, Thunder Lizard Seraphon, is it all change, it looks like it is, okay, because we've already got a very different sort of thing in on uh, in first place, so our only 5 well not our only 5-0, but the 5-0 that we're talking about from this event, and the only 5-0 at this new event, it is with the new GHB, if anyone in the chat asks, Please just continue to respond to them. Uh, and that was Max. So as we said, triple threat Max. Um, like, great miniatures, great guy. Great guy, great list. Okay, let's talk about this list by Max. He's got a Slave Sedanus, host the ever-chosen six-circle list. And as I previously said, he knows what the priority role is next. Because it's under a cup or a hat or maybe in a bum bag pouch. I'm not sure if that would work. Um... Uh, and he also gets possible damage on the charge um, for his army. And that's going to be really, really good on those two units of three Varangard. Now, the army has got mainly the Mark of Zinch, which means you've got reroll ones to your armor saves, which is great because most of your army has got a three up armor saves. So three up rerolling ones is really good because those rerolling ones are incredibly hard to find currently in the game. So that is excellent. And it works particularly well when you all out defense or you Mystic Shield then all out defense uh, because these can be they become incredibly survivable. Varangard are five wounds each. So each unit of three is 15 wounds and they have a five up, five up spell ignore. Um, so it's going to be very difficult to do anything to them other than charge them with your Nighthorn, uh, I guess. Although I think several people did try and he beat them up. Also, don't forget, don't forget, the Varangard have got a once per game ability where they're able to pile in and attack twice. So their extra damage that they generate while on the charge is incredibly good because it gets to be used over two activations. So effectively, you get six Varangard with plus one damage um, in that situation, which is just crazy good, right? Uh, so does Double Spell Ignore both count? Yes, Double Spell Ignore does count, but a Double Ward does not count. Um, so yeah, so that's a, a thing that does work. Hello Lex, and I hope you're well, you, you babe. Um, he's also got Archeon in. Uh, he's got a choice of minus one to hit once. He's got four up spell ignore and then a five up spell ignore. He's got three up armor save. He's got 20 wounds. He's got the ability to auto slay you with the Slayer of Kings. Yeah, he is good. He's got the ability to heal. He's also got the ability with the Zinchin head, I'm sure, to eat an endless spell, I'm pretty certain. Right? 
Um, so just crazy good stuff. Crazy. Uh, uh, I don't know if you can have three Chaos activ activations with the Chaos Sorcerer Lord. So what else? So Archeon, really good. An incredible beat stick. Very survivable. Has got his own heals uh, built into his War Scroll as well. Can take, obviously, um, uh, can make use of... Um, being able to use heroic actions, so you could do heal as well. Now, uh, he's also got a Chaos Lord who's in the list. Now, Chaos Lord can make Archeon pile in and attack twice, right? And no, you can't do it on the Varangard. I was pretty certain you couldn't. Um, so, yeah, you can't pile in and attack twice, but you can on Archeon. So, you could have Archeon pile in and attack twice, which means you've got 1,600 points of output for the cheap, cheap price of, uh, of 980 points. Uh, and then you've got those two units of three Varangard. So effectively, you can, you can uh, let's what, what, let's put the numbers together. Six hundred, fourteen hundred. You can have two thousand eight hundred points of fighting happen in one battle round if you activate them all at the same time. If that makes sense, because you're using the Varangard twice and you're using Archeon to pile in twice. So you're getting more than an army's worth of entire combat from three uh, armies, which is just great. Um, uh, so yeah, crazy good, crazy good. But yet yeah, not if he's roared. <laughs> that's a good point, right? <laughs> uh, and then uh, so yeah, that's really really good. And then, then Archeon's also got the command ability that f when you die, you can also fight. So thy will be done, uh, or my will be done, whichever it is, um, which is also really powerful as well. He's also got the Chaos Sorcerer Lord in his list, which is good for getting uh, those plus one saves or plus one to hit. Uh, sorry, rerolls to hit. Um, and then he's also got the Mask of Darkness. Now, this is the important part. So he's got a teleport. So he can teleport something across the board. He's got uh, two units of nine Untamed Beasts because he does not have... Um he does not have a one drop okay now this is where we're going to start getting to talk about uh battalions a lot now normally you would read the battle regiment so when an army units go into a battle regiment if you can fit them all into one battle regiment you get the one drop so you get the choice on who gets to go first which is a really powerful mechanic however he's also decided to go for bounty hunters and the two units that he's put inside bounty hunters are these two units of varangard so they're going to be getting an additional plus one damage into any Galician veterans or galley vets, um, uh, which I think is good, right? So that's important. Now, um, that means that they're going to do crazy damage into battle line infantry um, that are less than five wounds. So he's elected to go for that over the one drop. And because of that, because of that, I say, uh, and it might be the reason, he's got two units of nine untamed beasts. These are really cheap Chaos Cultist units. They're 70 points each, but they've got a really cool ability where they can pregame move six inches. Well, it might be five, but I think it's six. Um, and it can pregame move six inches. So what that does is you can deploy your whole army, and then you can just push that out. And that creates a really big screen and zone in front of your army. People who played Sigmar a lot don't really need me to explain it, but if it's the first time you're listening or you haven't got into it very much, what you're effectively doing is you're creating a nine-inch zone in front of you because your opponent can only ever get within three inches. So you're moving forward and you're creating... It's really big, especially if you do something like deploy on a flank because when you're on a flank, your opponent can't go any more to the side of that flank. So effectively, they are completely blocked at that side from going any further down that flank. So on some battle plans it works really well. This entire GHB it doesn't work particularly well. Uh, the flank move uh, obviously because we're all fighting in the middle. Every battle plan fights in the middle. Um, but it's a really fun little trick. Right? Um, uh, 
Uh, Bounty Hunters was actually not helpful in any of my games, says Max, who's in the chat. That's lovely. I like having this. I like having the person in the chat. That's great. Uh, but I was um, not helpful in any of my games because of overkill, but I was worried about being able to shift the ghosts. In the end, I dodged them. Okay, so Max said that it was in his list to try to beat Nighthaunt. Nighthaunt, very, very susceptible in this edition to Bounty Hunters because most of their army, or most of the units that a lot of people want to take, are Galician veterans. So uh, they're, they're potentially going to suffer um, into armies that take bounty hunters, but will they? Now, finally, he's got two spells, two endless spells. He's got the Chronomantic Cogs, which is every wizard <laughs> within 12 inches gets to re-roll to cast for 40 points. It's the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever read. Uh, and incredible, and incredible. Um, uh, and then the Purple Son of Heesh. Uh, which reduces the save by the for the opponents by one. I wonder if Max has got any stories of anything getting sunned uh, over the weekend. Um, but of course, the purple sun of uh, Sheesh will probably be something we see feature heavily um, in winning lists um, and might even explain some lists that we see in the future. Specifically, it, uh, any units within six inches uh, are, have minus one to their save, which is great. Not characteristic, though, just save rolls. And... And um, any units within three inches, you roll one dice for each unit within three, and on a one, it just dies. So into a horde of grots, it's not particularly good, but into, let's say, a great and clean one, it's brilliant. JJ, if you're listening, I love your loads. Um, uh, so, like, that's, that's really uh, powerful if it goes off and if it happens. There's definitely lists that are being written where people are trying to manipulate and control Purple Sun. I'm playing an event this weekend where specifically I built a list in Zinch to do that. You can do it really well in Seraphon as a really good example um, because you can use the ability to bind endless spells. Uh, you just have to be able to kill their enemy wizards, which is uh, pretty easy. You can even just do something as simple as just go for Fangs of Sotek, just do some teleports and then do some Purple Suns. So there's going to be some really interesting... Uh, mechanics around Purple Suns and how that works. Will it feature heavily in competitive play? I think absolutely yes. Because for an opportunity cost, I would pay the 70 points for the minus one to save anyway as a competitive gamer. The opportunity to potentially auto-win most games is a no-brainer. Like, so really easy. Um, uh, heard of Stormcast Bay lost all their support characters to a Purple Sun. Yes. Sadly, not much. A Shagoth, a small Adneth hero, went into the sun, but the Rend was impactful, as Rend was a bit of a weakness for this list. Okay, really good. Okay, so there you go. Rend did seem to be really important and was useful. And it's got a massive aura as well. One that you... Um one that you're going to have to be very, very conscious of. Um, so yeah, like, and some armies, some armies are going to do really well at being able to unbind endless, endless spells. For instance, if you're in Stormcast, which is very elite, which something like this may well worry you, you've got the Night Encanter, which just has an auto unbind, which is great. If you're playing Zinch, they've got an auto unbind. Uh, I know that for a fact. And I'm sure you can leave in the comments below a list of other auto unbinds that are available from different factions, because I think there's uh, be good. Um, I like to constantly remind my Nighthorn opponent that his ghost of minus one save while I was near the sun. <laughs> they're not. So, sorry, for people who listen, they're not. What, what Gabe is talking about yeah, is annoying his opponent who then says, you can't affect my armor save, of course, because they're ethereal. Um, but then they have to have that conversation back and forth all the time. It's funny. Uh 
I don't think you can afford to take too heavily into anti-magic, says Owen, as it weakens the rest of my, your army, R.E. Null Myriad. Yes, you've got two very, very interesting conversations about uh, these armies in of themselves. If you look at Max's list, and, I'll, and Max being in the chat, it would be great to let, uh, ask him what he thinks. Um, did the Spellignore come in, come in very effective into his army? Because it does feel like uh, spellcasters have got a bunch of tools to make them more effective, which is good. Okay, which means anti-magic or spell protection is like really good for this army anyway is the reroll one save from the Mark of Zinch. The spell protection is an additional thing. So basically, Archeon's going to ignore spells on a four and a five up, and you can roll them both. Roll a four up, then roll a five up, right? The Varangard have got a five up, five up, which I think technically makes it basically a three up, yeah? So yeah, spell ignore won me the last game versus Warsong Bomb. There we go. Okay, so it's I would say anti-magic is actually going to be one of the key factors. But as Owen is saying in the chat, he thinks or he feels that um, anti-magic is going to be difficult to tech into. Some armies are just going to have good anti-magic. Some people are going to have good casting magic. So really, there's going to be... Because you might end up with a very cast-heavy uh, sort of system. Um, and Purple Sun bounced off me and then Archie eats it. There we go. Easy peasy. I've been running my chariot list a couple of years. Blew my mind when I read the new Sun Rules Conflagration and chariots are oh, minus three rend. There we go. Uh, so good. I don't think uh, you can afford to take too heavily into it. Yeah, good. All right, we covered this. So overall, uh, a massive congratulations to Max. Doing really well with Archeon, which is good because you didn't see tons of Archeon other than in Australia or if Big Phil was pushing it around last year. You saw some in America as well, of course. Um, Archeon not taking loads. And you would think, you would think in a Purple Sun Heavy meta, Archeon would be, or large models would be a weakness. Definitely things like More Crushers are, Great and Clean Ones. Anyone that doesn't have a Spell Ignore, although you can't get a Spell Ignore on a More Crusher. But Archeon's got an inbuilt one and actually gets an additional one for playing in Slaves to Darkness. So for six months, this might be some big tech and it might be a really great way of putting of putting these armies on the tabletop, which is cool. Um, uh, as long as you have a wizard, you can dispel it next hero phase. So worst case, suffer for one battle at a time. Per tabletop, unless you've got Kairos, but that's different. Um, Hard to ignore, and I'm addicted to the cup. Okay, well, Max addicted to the cup there. All right, so congratulations to Max. Uh, well done. Um, okay, so spell ignores might be a thing. What's great about this version of Age of Sigmar is it asks a lot of questions of competent list writers and also uh, players who play at a particular level. For instance, the Warsong Revenant Bomb, so talking about um, uh, talking about Sylvaneth, for example, uh, the ability to output tons and tons of mortal wounds is really really good unless you end up playing against spell ignore which is uh, pretty key yeah um and so there's some really interesting tech anti-tech in these lists you've got galician veterans veterans you've got casting magic and anti-magic so it's going to be a really interesting addition where what pips to the top might be very dependent on who you get drawn into as well which i think is fun um okay right so uh, matt goldsborough for the bad moon loons uh, comfortably one of my favorite favorite war gamers. Um, comfortably, comfortably, yeah. I was running Nighthaunt Scarlet Doom, and he had a Cruel Gas Crusader. So that's the minus one to wound aura um, around a, a unit, uh, w around units within twelve. Uh, Alrak the Drowner. So this is the teleporty boatman. The ability to lift up a unit, teleport, drop him down, fight. And you got a Spirit Torment um, with the Arcane Tome, uh, and then another Spirit Torment. And then he's got a unit of thirty Blade Geist Revenant. So when he charges in. 
Um, a rolls of dice for each model in his unit on a 5-up. You take a mortal wound. Another 20 Blade Geist Revenants for the same thing. And another 10 Blade Geist Revenants for a total of 60 Blade Geist Revenants. And then you have three Spirit Hosts. And those are really good for being able to protect the characters that he's got uh, specifically. Because they can bodyguard basically any of his characters. And then he's got five, four Mimron Banshees, which are really great. Uh, AOS Old Man, thanks for resubscribing. Which are really great. Uh, minus one to wound? Did I say minus one to wound? It's minus one damage, isn't it? It's minus one damage. Sorry, it's not minus one to wound. It's minus one damage. I'm sure I said that, but if I said it wrong. The Cruel Gas Cruciator is minus one damage uh, to units within 12, not minus one to wound. Or is it? No, it is minus one damage. Yeah. Um, uh, see you later, MJ. Love you. Take care of yourself. Uh, so, and then the Banshees are really good for stopping uh, spells and endless spells, uh, and they're really good as well. And then he's got two Battle Regiments, and he's got Expert Conquerors. So he's put uh, his unit, two units, his unit of 30 Blade Geist Revenants, his unit of 20 Blade Geist Revenants, as count as three on an objective. So his 30 Blade Geist Revenants are going to count as 90 on an objective, and his unit of 20 Blade Geist Revenants are going to count as 20. Um, uh, I played this list on the Battle Plan where Vets Rally on a 4+. Dear good. Uh, dear God. Okay. Right, so he's gone for a low drop, double battle regiment, but then he has decided to put two units for a, for a four drop. Um, two units or three units? Uh, two units, it seems. Yeah, into counters more on objectives, which is really makes lots of sense because his army wants to be retreating and charging. He charges in, he does uh, mortal wounds, and then the next turn he's going to retreat away and charge in again. And this army, like, wants to retreat and charge and can retreat and charge, it's just in its allegiance abilities because of all those debuffs it puts on. You cannot underestimate how incredible those debuffs are when they charge. It's crazy. Um, uh, just very, very powerful basically really really good and then just lots of output because they could be reducing your save down as they're attacking you and as you can see no endless spells in his list so just doing it raw um so very very fun and i think uh the being able to count as more on objectives could be very key what's interesting for matt and also for nighthawk players is you really have to just stay galician veterans you just have to be like cool i'm doing galician veterans i, I could take hex race but i'm just going to do galley vets that's where i'm going to live i'm going to live as galley vets so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to take the damage where I am, and I'm just going to do really well. And, and Matt did well. He went 4-1. Uh, so congratulations to him. All right, let's look at Simon's list, okay? So we're looking at it. It's the Silverneth list, and he's taking it in Heartwood. Heartwood means you can have Kurnoth Hunters as battle line, okay? Then he's gone for the Season of War, the Reaping. So you choose your sub-faction, and then also, for some reason, also an additional sub-faction uh, on like what season the trees are in, in the Sylvaneth book. And he's chosen the Reaping, which means the range of the Sylvaneth Wildwoods, or Obscuring Terrain, is extended out to 12 inches. This is going to be really important for a couple of reasons. Number one, it means you can teleport to units within 12, uh, so, so you can teleport from within 12 as opposed to 9. Uh, but also, most importantly, if you're affected by it, there's an ability, it's a command ability, that you have with Sylvaneth that if you end a combat, if you end a combat, at the end of, so activating combat, and if you're holding within 12 inches, because it's 12 now as opposed to 9, of one of those pieces of terrain, you can just immediately retreat, okay? Not retreat, you can immediately move away, right? Teleport away to another tree, okay? So not move, I'm saying words that aren't right, you teleport away, okay? Using the trees, so, if that makes sense. So, 12 inch range around a tree, I charge, if that makes sense, into something, I keep my base wholly within range, and then I yeet away, right? Uh, not even a command ability, sorry. Not even a command ability, you just do it, okay? 
All right, and that's going to become really important when we talk about what we're about to talk about next. In his list, so that's the key element of... Uh, that's not the only thing that these Wildwoods do, FYI. Okay, so he's got Alariel the Everqueen. Now, the Alariel moves 16 inches. That's important. Most battle plans are in the middle, and they start about 18 inches away, but we're not finished yet. Okay, Lariel can come back to life uh, once. You can attempt to bring Lariel back once to life if you manage to damage her. She heals 2d6. She's got a free summon. You could summon a Tree Lord, or you can summon some more Kernoth Hunters with bows if you want. Um, or you could summon some Scythe Hunters or whatever you want, right? Like, well, not whatever you want, but whatever's on a War Scroll, which is quite good. Uh, she's got she's a good spellcaster. She's got some great spells, etc., etc. Okay, right? So that's Lariel. Good. Happy with that? We're happy with that. Okay, then you've got the Arch Revenant, right? So he's, he's pretty good, yeah? But he's got the, importantly, he's got the command trait Warsinger. Now, Warsinger is, if you start your movement wholly within 12 inches of him, you can add 3 inches to your movement. So this is going to take a Lariel up to 19-inch move. Okay, that's important. Uh, and he's also got the Law of the Deepwood Tree Song, so he's going to be able to uh, melee attacks if units near a piece of terrain are minus 1 rend, which is combo really nicely with a Lariel, which is fun. Uh, and then he's got six Kurnoth Hunters with Kurnoth Great Bows. Shoot, 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 which is pretty good at range. And don't forget, you can also add, um, you can add movement onto them as well, which they're quite slow, but they've got very long range bows, but it means they can just move a little bit faster, which is really good. And I love that. And then two units of five Tree Revenants who can teleport around the board. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, which is fun. They can just teleport in, teleport out, teleport in, teleport out, which is cool. Then he's got Chronomantic Cogs, which allows you to reroll cast with everyone within range. Uh, and then Spite Swarm Hive, which is going to add plus three inches to his move and his charge if he casts it, which is also very good. So that means Alaria will move 22 inches. And don't forget, she flies. Um... Uh, yes, with Heartwood, plus one to hit. Oh, of course, I've one last thing with the Heartwood. You pick three units in your opponent's army, and your army gets plus one to hit against them. Yeah? And you get plus one to wound for the Kurnoth Hunters uh, as well from the Archrev. So thank you, Uthvich, in the chat. Okay, but the secret source here is to move Alariel 22 inches, charge, and then just be able to teleport her away because that ability means you immediately do it after you act after you fought. So I fight, I hit you. So I can just charge into the middle of an army as long as I'm as long as I'm within range of that forest, middle of an army, and then just teleport away. Right? Charge, teleport away. Charge, teleport away. Okay? So it's, it doesn't matter that she can come back to life. It doesn't even matter that she can heal two D six. You aren't gonna hit her. Okay? Charge, teleport away. And the whole time Six Kurnoth Hunters with bows. I'd be interested if he summoned another three Hunters with bows. So he just had nine. So that's going to be 18 shots being fired at you downwind, um, which is super good. Uh, yeah, so just incredibly oppressive, incredibly strong, uh, but only went 4-1. So don't forget, it did lose. So it's not like this is an auto win. And it was being piloted by Simon, who's a really, really good player. So a really good player with a really strong list, still lost. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, that sounds terrible. It's just an amazing combination of stuff. So good. Um, uh, 19 because the new unit gets an extra shot on the champ. Oh, amazing. Okay, amazing. 19 shots. Uh, right, that's so good. So good. Anyway, so uh, great little tech there from Simon. Love that. Congratulations to him. So that's Sylvaneth. Uh, Matt Brooks uh, using uh, Sylvaneth, and I think this is going to be slightly a very different build. Uh, so it is. So he's gone for Sylvaneth, he's gone for Gnarl Root. Uh, he's got a Warsong Revenant. Uh, his season is dwindling. 
uh, and then he's got a Tree Lord Ancient and an Arch Revenant, then 20 Dryads, two lots of 10 Dryads, then six Colonel Hunters with great bows and three with great swords. He's got the Purple Sun of Sheesh and the Burning Head. Okay, let's talk about this army, shall we? Yeah, the War Song Sun, the War Sun Bomb. There we go. I've nicknamed it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Alex came up with something funny in the chat. Uh, the, yeah, the, this is a this is a strong magic heavy army. Let's talk about it. Null root. The first spell you cast every hero phase is roll on three d six. Okay, uh, pick the two highest. So already you've got a, an average casting value of nine over a casting value of seven. Okay, which is really good. Trionce, but she's not in this list. Okay, uh, and then you've got the. Um, uh, the season, the dwindling. So you get a rerolled cast, unbind, or dispel if you're wholly within range of one of the wildwoods. Okay, so wholly within nine inches. Okay, and that's on the Warsong Revenant. Now the Warsong Revenant's the general, and he's got the command trait, the Spell Singer. And the Spell Singer is where he can use one of the wildwoods out there in the world, and he can draw line of sight from that when casting spells. So it's like Spell Portal that you get, Umbral Spell Portal. So wherever one is, you just yeah, the Oak Nado. Thank you, Owen. This is Owen, yes! The Oaknado. Okay, it's a, this is the Oaknado list. Congratulations. Right, this is all we need. Yeah, the Oaknado. Um, and so this is really good because effectively already we've got the Warsong Revenant who's been given the Arcane Tome, which is a magical book. Not sure when he's got time to read it while playing a flute, but either way, yeah. He's able to cast a spell on 3d6, pick the two highest. He can cast three spells. So the first spell, if he wants to, can draw a line of sight from the... Um, uh, from the Wildwood and just put the purple sun through it. Straight your army. Right? Um, and can you cast every spell through the, through it? Can't be every spell. It's got to be like a spell portal, right? It's just one. Otherwise, that would be too much. Right? Um, that would be far too much. Okay, so purple sun, which is in his list, puts it through the tree. Right? Yes, of course, no limit. Okay, right, so unlike the spell portal, it's better and it's free. Okay, so minus 70 points. Twice as good. Okay, so then first he puts a purple sun through the tree. And you're like, Rob, what if there aren't trees near? No problem. He's got a tree lord ancient. Tree lord ancient could put down a little tree. Now, you have, when you buy the box, you can have, you get three trees, which you can build kind of like a circular forest, like wagons in a cowboy shootout being drawn in a circle. Um, but tree lord ancient can only put out one little tiny tree. But it's still bigger than the umbral spell portal. So you get the size of that piece and you measure nine inches from it and he casts his spell, which is Flit Flurry, Spite Swarm, like, just flies, yeah? Just cast the bugs at you. And that's every unit every unit within nine inches of quite a large footprint of tree um, on a five-up. Uh, takes mortal wounds on a five-up based on the casting value. So I'll go through that again. Tree Lord Ancient puts a tree at your army. Okay, we're happy with that. Thumbs, okay? Then the Warsong Revenant rolls 3d6, picks the two highest, right? And then, whatever the casting value of that is, let's say 10, for every unit within 9 inches, rolls 10 dice, and only 5 ups, they do a mortal wound. Okay? Pretty good. Right? Then, he decides he's going to cast freaking Purple Sun through your army. You're like, well, Robbie's not rolling on 3d6 now. No problem. He's got reroll casts as well. Okay? So, he's got reroll casts as well, so that's pretty good. So, he's very, very likely to do quite a lot. And maybe he'll reroll the other one uh, either. Right? Uh, aren't Ender Spells meant to be wholly within range of the caster? So, no. Very much like Umbral... So, he can he can measure the setup from there, if that makes sense. It's as simple as that. The forest counts as the Warsong Revenant, if that makes sense. They just count as. Okay? 
Anyway, so that's how that works. So it's uh, a load of mortal wounds in AoE in your army, a purple sun in your army, and you can't do shit about it unless you have spell ignore or you have some way of blocking it. That's the that's the science. Okay, happy, happy, happy. Uh, then he's got 20 dryads, two lots of 10 dryads. He's got an arch revenant as well. Then he's got six Kurnoth hunters with great bows, arch revenant to give them plus one to wound. And then he's got three Kurnoth uh, hunters with great swords for actually going and fighting something, I imagine. Um, uh, I seed what you did there. Yeah, aren't the spells meant to be <laughs> effective? Red two bows is no joke. Yeah, of course, that's also the point as well. Purple Sun is also minus one to your armor saves. So that, again, that's the second time we've seen six Colonel Thunters with great bows. And because it's applying a minus one armor save aura, the rend one on the Colonel Thunters with bows makes it rend two. So you're taking tons of mortal wounds across your army. You're dealing with a Purple Sun. And then from 35 inches away, your Kurnoth Hunters are shooting you. Pow, 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 pow. Right? Uh, so, crazy good. Crazy, crazy, crazy good. Uh, but again, only went 4-1. And again, needs lots of play, right? Uh, so the fact that this didn't do super... Like, it went 4-1, which is obviously great. Uh, but it didn't just dominate everyone. 20-0, 20-0, 20-0. So we go. Uh... Perro Hunter, Josh, hello, ahoy. Uh, okay, good. So that's the other 4-1. Wow, oh, I spent ages on these. Uh, and then finally, uh, not finally, Ben McBride. Uh, so we, uh, Mike Whitley uh, with the Hampshire Hammers. Shout out to him. He went 4-1 uh, with like a Nurgle list that I think I would have comfortably seen in, in, a, in the edition before. So not necessarily going to go through it in, in any particular detail. Uh, but congratulations to you. Ineth Deepkin um, had, went, had Futh 1. They had the Achillean Slap King. Uh, of course, minus one to hit from the Void Chill Darkness. Um, and then two Alapexes, two Alapexes, two Alapexes, and two more Alapexes. And then the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, and Lakwan the Soul Seeker. Okay, so that's pretty good. So what he's done, he's made his Achillean King, uh, who's fast enough already. So I'm not sure why you need the Soul Seeker, but sure. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, is he 30 points for Lakwan? It can't be. Um He's taking the Achillean King, he can give him the Arcane Tome, so he can put him in the boat, he can move 18 inches, and then he can charge you and do crazy dark damage, which is really fun. Um, he's then got a ton of shots downrange uh, from the Achillean Alapexes, so that's 8 shots per 2, so it's going to be 8, 16, 24, 36, no, 34 shots that do D3 damage at range, and then he's going to just yeet a Cronspine Incarnate at you, and you're just going to have to deal with a big uh, one. Um, uh, does Throne of Vines work with a spell from the War Song, adding plus two to the amount of dice you rolled? Yindaka, it would, correct, but only, uh, yes, it would. Uh, so, yeah, lots of shooting, lots of fighting. So you have to deal with a Cronspine Incarnate, and you have to deal with a Keeling King before you get to all the backline Alapexes that are just shooting you to pieces. Obviously, we saw Dan do really well with this at the Top 16 UK recently. He didn't have any Incarnate in there. Oh, did he have any Incarnate in there? I don't think he had the Incarnate in there as well. Um... But yeah, Throne of Vines did change. Thank you. It did. Uh, so that's Deepkin. We haven't looked at the Seraphon yet because that's the last one to look at. So this is Ben McBride. Ben McBride. Um, so he's got the Seraphon Fangs of Sotek. And he's got Engine of the Gods with Beastmaster and the Scripture of Curse. Skink Priest, Skink Star Priest, Skink Star Priest. A Slan uh, with Arcane Might, uh, God Dagger and Tempest. And he's got 30 Skinks, 30 Skinks, two lots of 10 Skinks, Bastilladon with a Solar Engine and a Stegadon. And this was all in Fangs of Sotek. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. 
And then uh, Battle Regiment, we're back, baby, and Expert Conquerors. So Expert Conquerors, you count as three on an objective. So he's put two units of 30 skinks in Expert Conquerors, so they count as 90 each. Fangs of Sotek, you can when you charge them, they can stand and shoot, and they can elect on a four-up to retreat. Well, not they can't elect. On a four-up, they get to retreat away, so you haven't even count as charged them. This was the bane of second, the last uh, vestige of second edition. Um, now, you didn't, many of you maybe see much of this because this was all during lockdown pretty much. Um, but were, did the coronavirus not happen? Um, that would have been the season where every Seraphon player was the worst player you possibly ever knew um, because this was taken all the time. End of the Gods, really, really effective, as we know, for 265 points. Uh, it's a totem for commandability, which is great. Also, it's also a priest, so it's got Curse. Curse is crazy good. Any sixes to hit. You roll a four plus on Curse, um, so you. you it's a prayer that you do on an enemy unit. And then when your opponent shoot, or hits you, uh, any sixes to hit you, that unit, uh, you'll take a mortal wound. That obviously stacks incredibly well when you have 30 skink shots. Well, it's not 30, is it? it's, not, it's 60 skink shots. Or 120 skink shots from uh, the skinks all shooting at the same unit, uh, which is just crazy good. Um, uh, and then, yes, uh, good point, uh, Josh, in the chat. We'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, and then, so you're doing sixes, mortal wounds, and then, obviously, you're using the serpent the serpent staff uh, from the star priest or the priest, whichever, um, and that makes you have plus one to... Uh, any sixes to wound are going to also cause a mortal wound. So there's two units of uh, 30 skinks, which only come in at 225 points, are easily one of the most uh, outputty units you're ever going to see in the game. And if you charge them... They're just going to run away. And then we've got a Stegodon with Sky Street Bow. Potentially 9 uh, damage at range. Also just pretty good. Um, uh, and then a Bastillon with a Solar Engine. Uh, which is going to just be shooting all day. And of course you're playing Fangs of Sotek. Of course you're playing Fangs of Sotek. So you can start generating summoning points. Which is back. Um, uh, I have the White Dwarf PDF in front of me. You can't Beastmaster in Fangs. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's something to that's something to talk to uh, whoever it is about. Uh, is it Ben? Uh, ben McBride. Just Ben. Shout out. You can't Beastmaster in Fangs. Uh, I'm sure you didn't know that. That's really important. Uh, but always worth checking in the future. Um, it was his first event, by the way. Okay. Well, congratulations to Ben. His first event. There we go. Uh, but like, great list. Loads of fun. Loads of retreats. Uh, like, uh, th that's really good. Uh, and there we go. So congratulations to him. So that's everything that happened and the summer on the coast. No, at the South Coast Series in July. Congratulations to everyone. Loads of good chats about uh, the list that we've talked about there. Um, and, you know, congratulations to everyone else. Connor Garner had some bone splitters. Uh, who else did we have? We had Roland Martin with the Beast of Chaos. Go on, Roland. Uh, doing really well. Uh, we had uh, Brent Evans with his Carriage and Overlords. Come on, you can do it. So, uh, on to the next event. Okay, uh, our next event is the Kingdom of Scrapper Heel. Uh, Scrapper Spill? Either way. Uh, thank you to three grots in a trench coat for donating a thousand bits to the show. That is very lovely of you. Um, okay, so now the important part is uh, so, Kingdom of Scrapper Spill, which was happening in Derby, which is not far from where I am now, in the United Kingdom. Now, the TO didn't put any of the lists in to BCP, but he's actually a very close personal friend of mine. So when I say that he's a dick, um, he knows that I love him, so that's fine. Uh, but please always upload your lists to the tournament software. It's very easy to do that. Um, I'm going to ring him later to help him learn 
how to do that. Uh, however, Freddie, thankfully, who won the event, amazing dude, um, put his list online. So I do have his list. And thanks to Rob for grabbing the list. So uh, Freddie, uh, Freddie Legatee uh, has got a Caesar Sigma list and he's gone for Hallowheart. Now, Hallowheart is the spellcasting one. Okay, so good for spell casting and also good for spell management. Okay, we talked about this a lot already. So we've seen spells come into, we've seen counter spells from Max. We've seen spells do really well uh, for some Sylvaneth lists. So like, um, uh, so so it's it's going to be important this edition, which is weird because it wasn't meant to be that. I don't think. So we've got a Battle Mage and Rune Lord. Uh, importantly, uh, they have a command ability where you can take D6 mortal wounds. However many mortal wounds you have, each wizard within six can get that many to cast, which is going to be really important. So he's got a Battle Mage, a Rune Lord, and a Free Guild General on Griffin. Now, the Battle Mage has got... Um, uh, he's also got um, Purple Sun, Chronomantic Cogs, and the Burning Head. So he's got a very reliable sun that he can cast. But Chronomantic Cogs affects this list massively. Because this is going to make it like a massive output army. It's going to be able to do so much um, uh, spell casting so reliably. Right? Which is super, super strong. He's then got a Rune Lord and he's got a free Guild General on foot. Who's also got the Arcane Tome. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Which is good. Uh, no Griffin, Roblin. No, it just said Free Guild General, sorry. I think I might have actually said on Griffin, but yeah, no Free Guild General. On, not on Griffin. Free Guild General, Rune Lord, and a Battle Mage is what we've got. Then you've got five Sisters of the Thorn, ten Free Guild Crossbowmen, and he's got them twice. Then he's got six Demigriff Knights, he's got six Vanguard Paladors, and then ten Protectors. So let's talk about some of this because actually it's really interesting. Uh, he's also got Chronomantic Cogs and the Burning Head. Now, Freddy played this at the Top 16 event recently and it just has so many tricks to it. Uh, also 10 Protectors, I think, I'm sure I said that, but just in case. It's got so many tricks to it that, um, uh, like so many different fun little tricks to it that it can do. The Paladors are actually a very efficient unit for 430 points they shoot and they fight really well the important part is that they have an inbuilt teleport into their army which really gives this army more movement than it previously had right which is which is which is nice and then he's got a bunch of spells specifically ignite weapons which is very strong on that unit of 10 protectors they've got 51 attacks unit of 10 protectors and they hit on threes and wound on threes so when you give the plus one to wound from ignite weapons, they could be hit on twos, wound on twos with 51 attacks. If you make them fight in the purple sun, your opponent's going to be at red and two with three inch range, which is good. Yeah. So they're, they're also on a two up armor save. So a mystic shield and also um, uh, an all out defense. And that unit's really tough to shift. So it's super tough to shift and it's really fighty. We've got a really good teleport unit in the Paladors. Also, you've got something called warding brand. So for every wound that you take, on a four up, your opponent takes a mortal wound back. So those paladors are 15 wounds a piece. Well, not a piece. <laughs> the unit, sorry. Is, the unit of three is 15 wounds because uh, they're five wounds each. So a unit of six is 30 wounds. So you statistically take 15 mortal wounds back for killing them. So they charge you, teleport in. Now, when they, uh, not teleport, once they've teleported, um, they're going to have had the battle mage's spell cast on them for plus two to charge. Okay, so then they're going to have a seven up. A seven, uh, a seven inch re-rollable charge going in, which is super, super strong. And I have no idea what the Sisters of Thorn are doing though. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. I don't know what the Sisters of Thorn even freaking do. Like, I know what they do, like mechanically. I don't know what they're doing in the list, right? I think maybe their job is just to be forward and cast things like Elemental Cyclone, which is on their list. Um, 
just really really interesting list like and uniquely freddy's uniquely freddy's this is super important he's one of the only people in the world pushing this list around he's one of the only people doing stuff with this that anyone's ever seen um uh, yes, they do uh, provide another wizard for the third endless spell. You're absolutely right. And it is a fast two-cast wizard with ten wounds. All of those things are correct. I just I just don't see where it plays on the tabletop. And I think uh, watching Freddy play would be a delight, truthfully. Uh, because it doesn't really necessarily... It's more of a where he places things rather than what the things do. But what all the things do are super strong. Like, very, very strong. So congratulations to Freddy. Um, and as you can see, he went for Expert Conquerors with his two units of 10 Free Guild Crossbowmen. So he did have two units of 10 that counted as 30 on an objective. So you wouldn't be able to just snipe them off with, like, charging a little unit in here, charge a monster in there, which is really good. Um, so just a really strong uh, list played by someone who really understands it. And, and again, this is, um, uh, I would argue that, yeah, Greg in the chat says list building is dead. I don't think list building is dead at all. I think there's some real interesting play. I think this edition, more even than the last edition, when we had Gargants, list building was basically dead because it was just like, let's fight them or we lose. Um, but now, now, and we might see the resurgence of Gargants because there's a new book in the summer. And also, you can't purple sun the Gargants. So, like, that brings that back pretty nicely, ultimately. Um, anyway. Uh, great work from uh, Freddy, so he should be super proud of himself. And our next, our next one is we're going over, we're going over to the United States of America for summer on the coast, AOS GT. So we had, I'm pretty certain this was the new book. I was going to get that double checked in the chat. Um, uh, and how are the protectors delivered? We just run up the board, baby. Like, the, like the protectors. It doesn't matter. You just run up the board. There's no, um, he hasn't got the bridge. I always thought the bridge was too expensive anyway. Um, four inch turn by turn. So a combat army is already charging you. Like, and almost all of the objectives are like, what, four inches away? Just like, move them in the middle. And then, because you have to go to the objectives. No one's ever moving towards your army. You're not going 18 inches to their army. You're going to the objectives where you're all going to fight. Right, yeah, and he's also got the Demigriff Knights and the Vanguard uh, Paladors if if you need the movement. Um, like, I think like movement's super valuable for choosing engagements, and there's a really good conversation about movement wholesale. But the conversation about um, uh, like conversation, like you can always just fight in the middle. That always works, right? Like, uh, okay, right. So next up uh, is yes, the USA one. Okay, Jeremy Vissier, the captain, the captain of the Team USA last year, yeah, and a right little treasure, a right little treasure, went 5-0 at the summer on the Coast AOS GT with Caharadron Overlords. Now, he had, uh, he wrote his own code. He refused to use any of the terrible codes like Zilfin. And instead, he wrote Master of the Skies, which gives him uh, reroll ones to hit with all of his frigate or all of his boats, sorry, against units that fly, which is quite good because there's quite a few flying units that are pretty strong in the game at the minute. Uh, his amendment was always take what you're owed, which I've honestly already forgotten. I think it was like D3 extra eighth of quartz or something. And then the footnote was there's no trading with people, which was also something like I just didn't remember. Um, so then his leaders are an eighth of chemist. Right um, now he's got the command trait, the collector, and he's got the artifact. Importantly, the spell in the bottle. You put a spell in the bottle, and it's like, what will fit in this bottle? Would it be potentially 
a green, orange, red, yellow, or indeed purple sun. Could be any colour, of course, in the sun. Uh, and then he's also got the Arcanaut Admiral with the Arcanaut Arcane Tome, giving him a wizard, so allowing him to take a purple sun. Although I think he can take a purple sun even without having a wizard. Anyway. Then he's got three units of ten Arcanaut Company, and then he's got two Grunstruck Gun Haulers. Don't forget they're going to get those reroll ones to hit. Uh, he's got three, uh, sorry, two Arcanaut Frigates, and then he's got an Ironclad, and he's got the Burning Head and the Purple Sun of Sheesh. Sheesh. Um, so, of course, it's uh, drop the frigate in front of your enemy. Then you um, pop the purple sun out. Now, the important part is, is he's going to get re he's going to get plus one rend on all of his units. Thank you, Marco, for joining Patreon. <laughs> Thanks, Marco. Um, so he's going to add plus one rend effectively or minus one save because the purple sun into his army. So what we're seeing, what we're seeing here is that a lot of I'm going to do more shooting with better rend because of the purple sun. Okay, so all of his shots, previously in the save stacking meta, where we had lots of saves, pluses to save, were all really strong, and they're still really strong in the game. We can't get away from that. Like, they're very, very good, all these saves. But now you've got the minor save meta, right, from Nighthorn and also the Purple Sun. And you double that up with all the shooting. Very, very strong, right? Uh, so, incredibly good. Uh, so, well done to Jeremy as well, who's also a fantastic player and does really well. Tom Guan, my co-commentator for Summer Slaughter, uh, and a bit of an inspiration. Love this guy. Yeah, like quiet violence is how I describe him. Uh, he took uh, Daughters Kane and Hagnar, and he went for Marathi and the Bow Snakes. Uh, now, importantly, um, oh, sorry, he, he only had 10 Blood, uh, wait, blood Sisters, Blood Stalkers, Blood Sisters, Blood Stalkers, Blood Stalkers, Blood Sisters are the shooters? Come on, Rob. Come on, Rob. Uh, Quiet Violence is an amazing nickname. Yeah. Oh, God. Stalker shoot. Okay. So, yeah, he only took Marathi and 10 shooty snakes, but then he took 25 fighty snakes. So he's experimenting with all of the new all of the new fighting there. He's got the Melisa Iron Scale, so that's the general that allows you to have the, uh, the snakes as your battle line. And then he's got the two, three units of five heart renders, which are great anti-galley vet tech, uh, in my opinion. Uh, he's gone for double battle regiment, and he's got the heart of fury. Uh, so that's that minus one damage in aura. Uh, stalkers, shooters, sisters, fighters. So he's got lots of combat snakes, and he went 4-1, which is really great. Uh, love that. Then you've got Ricky Manns with his blades of corn went 4-1. What? 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 Bloodsecrator, a Bloodstoker, a Lord Corn on Juggernaut, two, three Slaughter Priests, two Mighty, oh, sorry, a unit of six Mighty Skull Crushers, one unit of Mighty Skull Crushers, two units of three Mighty Skull Crushers, two units of two Blood Reavers, and the Palisade. That is a mental list. That is a mental list. I don't understand how that works at all like um De canary is so good for the new daughter's king tactics i agree with you kels 89 uh it's nine six and three skull crushers it is nine six and three skull crushers <laughs> uh wild west out there i don't even know what to say about that i mean skull crushers when they charge they do a lot of mortal wounds they're not galley vets. He's got some Wrathmongers as well. They don't have any output at all. 
I like them. I own nine. I like them. I mean, they're cheap, right? Aren't they five wounds a piece? This is like 45 wounds. Um, uh, like, I'm going to have to come back to that. That's one of those ones where I don't know. Corn did great. Well done. Um, and I'm sorry. Like, that's a... Like, that's a... I'm going to have to go read up on it. Uh, they do D3 more wounds on the charge. They do D3 more wounds charge. So only when they've got six or more models in their unit. Um which is interesting. But now with the coherency rules, isn't it for each model that ends within an inch? So you could only really get the first, like, five or six, maybe, can do the D3 more wounds. The other ones are just wounds at the back on the nine. On the six, three? Oh, maybe you can get all six in. Um, but they're t damage two into galley vets? Because they're in bounty hunters. They're all in bounty hunters. Did you just fight galley vets all the time? Uh, yeah, uh, you can probably uh, four units or six. Yeah, then you kill them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, cool. Okay, really fun. Corn did well. I'll have to go and read up on that. I'm sorry, but congratulations to Ricky Mans, uh, Matt Beasley, Hostess and Esh, twenty-five percent off. Let's go. Um, so they've got lurid haze. So they've gone for a deep striking. He knights the Snesh army with Sigvald. Big chaps. Uh, the Bladebringer, Sigvald's 205 points. Shut up. Is he 205 points? That is a bargain. That is so cheap. 205 points is wicked for Sigvald. Um, Steel, yeah, Sigvald is Sigvald is so cheap. Uh, then, and he's a great duelist, right? Like, and so the deep strikes, you can have D3 units going to deep strike. Sigvald's really good for that. Uh, and he's an invader, so they get plus one to charge as well, which is what a great sub-faction. Like, ooh. Uh, got, got Contorted Epitome, um, who's got the spell Flaming Weapons, and he's bonded to the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. And then he's got a unit of 20, well, sorry, 22 Bliss Barb Archers, another unit of 22 Bliss Barb Archers, and then a unit of 10 Bliss Barb, or 11 Bliss Barb Archers, or 9, or whatever the fuck it is. Then uh, he's got the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, the Burning Head, and the Purple Sun of Sheesh. Okay. So the Epitome's pretty good, because uh, obviously you get the reroll casts, which is good. Flaming Weapons is pretty good in a fight. Uh, throw it forward with the Cronspine, and ignores Mortals, which is really nice as well. Uh, lots of damage from the Bladebringer on the charge. Uh, which is really good. And then you just do lots and lots of shooting. And then obviously the burning head for helping generate depravity early on in the game. Right? Sigvald is the other thigh bomb. Thanks, Hazel, for supporting the show. Uh, and joining Patreon. That's so nice of you. Thank you. Um, Sigvald has uh, so much work put out for me in the two games I run in. He's so good. Like, Sigvald's so good. Like, loads of output, loads of good. And so this is nice because so you're looking at a lot of shots here, right? Uh, Plus Bob Archers are three shots each. Two shots each, three shots each. Um, so you're doing a ton of shots at range, right? Uh, you can buy bliss barbs, but imagine painting bliss barbs, two shots. So you're going to have 40 shots, 80 shots, 100 shots at range. And then with the... Hold on, I'm not finished. I completely missed something because it's written in the app. I hate this format. There's two units of centigors. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Two units of centigors are in this list. What? Amazing. Uh, they can get drunk centigors and they get plus one to hit, but then they get minus one to save. Like, what are the centigors are the screens, right? Because they're cavalry bases. Okay, so centigors are your screens, right? They're and um, they're eighty-five points for a cavalry base screen. 
which is in some ways better than your 10-man screen. It's really good. Nice and wide. Uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Congratulations. Who played with this? Matt Beasley. Get on it, Matt Beasley. You're a superstar. Well done. Chris Hall, Slaves to Darkness, Dimensional Cascade team. Uh, he's got an Archeon, Chaos Social Lord, Chaos Social Lord, Varangard, Varangard, 16 Iron Golems, 8 Iron Golems, 8 Iron Golems, in Bounty Hunters and Expert Conquerors. Yeah, these are really good uh, Expert Conquerors, the Iron Golems, uh, definitely. Um, and then he's got two units of three Varangard um, as Bounty Hunters, which we've seen already. So yeah, Bar Varangard doing incredibly well into Bounty Hunters, which I shouted as being top Bounty Hunter pick. Um, uh, we should do a show on that. We should tier bounty hunters, what the best bounty hunters in the game are. Um, Iron Golem's great for holding objectives because of the reroll saves. Well, plus one save now, isn't it? Plus one saves, but still great for holding objectives, especially with Marcos Inch because you get the reroll ones on your save and you get the spell ignore, as we talked about previously. So congratulations to Chris Hall. Alexander Gonzalez with his Night Haunt for his Corsairs. He's running Scarlet Doom, Guardian Souls, Spirit Torment, and then he's got another Spirit Torment, and then the Crusader for the minus one damage aura. And then he's got three units of ten Blade Guys Revenants, unit of Hex Wraiths, another unit of ten Blade Guys Revenants. So four units of ten Blade Guys Revenants, and then a unit of twenty Blade Guys Revenants, and then a unit of Hex Wraiths. So he's just going for those charge and the Purple Sun. Sorry. So he's going for the charges, do the damage, make the minor saves, retreat away, um, all the minor saves. He's got the Purple Sun in there as well. Um, and then he, when you hit him back, like, and he's going to do the mortals on the charges we discussed previously. So massive shout out to Alexander. And that's it. That's it. Okay. So we haven't updated the ACMR stats yet. So we haven't actually done the number stats, which you can find on swarmgaming.com. Lots to break down about this. Lots to break down about this so far. Early on in the edition. So we've seen spell ignores do well, and we've seen spell casting do well. We've seen shooting do well in conjunction with Purple Sun. That's an interesting. That's an interesting kind of change, where you've got the Purple Sun. So effectively, you've got Ren One now on lots of shooting, and if you've got weight of dice, Reavers, and also um, Bliss Barbs as an example, you get more. Or Carriage and Overlords with all their shots, you get even more rend, which I think is good. Um, uh, uh, so I, I personally think that's really uh, interesting. Uh, so Spell Ignore and Spell Casting. Great, 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 great. Love that. Um, so that's going to be uh, an element of the meta uh, to discuss and talk about a lot of the time. Shooting is going to be an element of the meta, it seems, especially with the minus one Ren from the P-Sun. Going to talk about that a lot, depending on what happens. Um, fighting, Nighthorn, doing really well into other fighting armies. Uh, but Tom Guan doing really well with his Daughters of Cain into some of that fighting as well. And two Slaves to Darkness list with Varangard doing really well. Um, yeah, like, interesting. Very interesting. Bounty Hunters coming into effect. Uh, unmatched Conquerors coming into effect as well in some of those games. Like, I liked Freddy's version, which just, he's like, I've just got two units of 10 free girl crossbowmen. Whatever. They count as 30 on an objective. Try to take them off. I love that. I think that's really good. Uh, for holding objectives. I think that might be pretty key in the future. Um, yeah. Really interesting place. Competitive Age of Sigmar at the minute. Loads of rotating pieces. I think probably the MVP this week. Uh, Max, congratulations to Max on his first win. Like, I think you should be super proud of yourself. But I've got to say, shout out to Freddy. 
I got to say, end to end the show. We should uh, we should end on a uh, shout out to Freddie Leggett uh, with his very unique, very unique cities of Sigmar lists. I never see Paladors and I never see Demigriff Knights uh, in lists. So I think that's kind of like my MVP for the week, which I'm very much uh, looking forward to um, seeing if he is, carries on using it in other stuff. Uh, how much time has Purple Sun got, do we think? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. It's a great question whether or not... We, I think we'll see Purple Sun change fairly quickly, uh, which is where the secret tech of Horogast becomes the power pick. That's my opinion. I think Horogast is arguably the best spell in the game at the moment, ignoring Purple Sun, because obviously it's so stupid. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think it should get changed soon. Uh, and then and then you're going to look for some other endless spells. But even then... Even if it gets changed, the auto slay doesn't work. The minus one rend is where I feel that really came into effect this weekend. It looks like all the shooting in conjunction with the the minus one uh, save from the purple zone was actually what was really powerful, right? Interesting. Love to know what your thoughts and feelings are. Uh, so do leave them. Uh, the chat have had their say over the course of the stream. If you watch this back on YouTube, then just let me know in the comments below. If you listen to it as a podcast, stay hydrated, stay healthy. Thank you. If you support me on Patreon, I can't thank you enough. It really, really helps. Um, the world's getting a little bit more expensive. I know that's tight on you and tough on me as well. Um, so if you fancy helping support the show, that'd be great. Uh, my love to all of you. I'll see you soon. Thanks very much.